Hi, I'm Judy Umless, host of the Art of Grateful Leadership podcast. I'm also the author of three books, all based on the power of acknowledgement. And I'm Senior Vice President at the International Institute for Learning. I'm here today with a dear, dear, dear uh, colleague, and I'd call him a friend too, because we've spent a lot of time together over the years. And his name is Xavier Jolie. And I first met him when he was the Global Director of People Development at Volvo Powertrain. And that uh, day when I came to Volvo, wow, we had a few interesting stories. But Xavier, I would love to welcome you. Thank you so much for being here. We were so honored to have you at our webinar a few weeks back. And now I have you for a podcast. What's next? Well, we actually know what's next, <laughs> but welcome. Hi, Jadine. Very nice to be with you today. Thank you for the invite. It's always a pleasure for me to talk with you, and I look forward to having a very insightful and very interesting discussion today. Oh, I, I'm sure we will. We always do. And you had quite a history at uh, the Bayer, as we say in the U.S., Bayer uh, yeah. company in uh, Lyon, France, and soon after you uh, were given a, a wonderful job there. You brought me in to do training on leadership and the power of acknowledgement, which we now call grateful leadership at Bayer as well. So tell us a little bit about yourself and then what drew you to this work? Oh, yeah, sure. So maybe I will take this opportunity to further introduce myself. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. So sure. as you can hear from my from my French accent, <laughs> Beautiful. I cannot deny that I'm French. Uh, I was born into uh, the southeast part of France, near 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 a place called Grenoble, that is in the close to the border between Italy and France and Switzerland and France, really in the middle of the Alps. And um, and I made my education into product supply and, and marketing, and I ultimately got an MBA at the time in product in procurement. So I started my journey working for companies like HP, Hewlett Packard, then Schneider Electric. And very quickly, I joined the automotive industry and joining the Volvo Group, the Swedish company. And uh, I, I got closer to, to this automotive industry. And then, and, and then I moved into Lyon in France. And with my wife, we got the opportunity very quickly to move in Sweden. And we started our international journey there. And at first, I would say I didn't know anything about Sweden. And what struck me there is the fact that this is a stress-free country where mm -hmm. they really deal very nicely with only one value, that is family comes first. And Wait, I would... may I interrupt you for a second, Xavier? Sure. Stress-free, is that a reality? Is that possible? Believe me, and... Uh, with uh, my European French background, I, I thought at the time that those Swedish were, how can I say, they were dreaming because I didn't <laughs> really think that it was possible to be and to live accordingly with the, your value that was family comes first. And as a matter of fact, Sweden is really a stress-free country because they really live their value. They are all, they are all modeling it. And wow. let me, maybe let me share one example. Please. After three weeks into my new assignment, three weeks in Sweden, it was Friday afternoon, I think 2.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. 
PM, and the top manager and the responsible of the global procurement organization for Volvo at the time, he went, he came to my office and asked me a few questions. And some questions, those questions were all related to my family situation. And then it was a very nice discussion, probably, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes discussion. And then after, after that, he told me, when are you going back home? I said, oh, I have a few things to, to finish up now. And uh, probably I will, it will take me an extra one or two hours. And then uh, I, will, I will head back home. And he told me, no, 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 no. This is not what you, are, you should be doing. You, um, you are in Sweden for less than three weeks. You are with your wife. And I guess your wife is awaiting you at home. So I would, if I were you, I will be heading back home now. Oh. And, you know, I was, I was caught off by surprise. And I, and I told him, yes, I understand. And thank you for the advice. And thank you for releasing me to some extent. I, I really have to, to finish up this work. And he told me, you know what? Volvo has been living without you before. <laughs> Volvo is living with you and probably Volvo will be surviving without you. And by no means, don't take it wrong. I want to get rid of you. I just want you to be in the place you should be now. And the place you should be now is at home. So I officially release you from your duties now. And I will, I will walk you back together because this is the end of the day for me. And it's going to be the end of the day for you and me. Oh. And this is what I try to explain when they visit a stress-free country. Yes. Because they really deal with what is important for the person at the given moment. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. And, and, they, and they allow, and they allow it, allow it as much as they can. Oh. I, I understand that. And that actually is one of the principles of grateful leadership. Uh, to want to know your people as people, not just as workers. Exactly. And, and that person, that uh, manager, that leader, <clears throat> was superbly reflecting that. Yes. So stress-free. Okay, continue. I'm sorry I interrupted you. I, 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 I just had to. No, no. I've, I've, thank, thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. And, and I will say, since I moved into the HR field, one of my main takeaways from Sweden is that I always pay attention on my work-life balance. Mm. And I always, I always advise people to do so. And one of the tricks I may give to the people, as long as you feel into a driving seat of your own work-life balance, you're good. Mm. If you feel that someone is bugging you here and there, I, f I would advise you to consider, to consider it as a watch out, definitely. So after those three fantastic years in Sweden, where we got our first boy, Aww. we went to Belgium in Brussels, where we spent five years. And I was at the time a kind of chief of staff for the product supply organization globally. And among my responsibilities, I had one leg called people development and talent management. And I was supposed to be surrounded and supported by some HR folks like me nowadays. And and not doing much into the field. And after a few weeks into this position, 
it became clear that no one from HR will ever show up. So my boss, Carlos, a Brazilian, called me up on his office in the morning and he told me the following. Xavier, I did sit down with HR the other day and we came to the conclusion that no one from HR was available. They don't have any resources for helping us. We came to the conclusion that you're going to be our HR BP. <laughs> surprise! Yeah. yeah, surprise! And I said to Carlos, oh, yeah, thank you to have really nice thought for me. And I'm afraid that I will have to pass, pass it. And he told me, okay, long story short, this is not a decision. This is not a discussion, sorry. This is a decision from my side. Ah. Oh, okay. What the hell should I do now? <laughs> had you, Xavier, had you ever, uh, and by the way, at our webinar, you said the true pronunciation of your name is Xavier. Is that correct? Yeah, in a, in a French way, yes. In a French okay, way. I'm being French today, all right? Yeah, welcome. Okay. All right, d'accord. Uh, so, um, had you ever taken any HR courses, studied HR, been interested in HR before that? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I have to be uh, transparent and honest with you. I never thought that HR could be a, a working path for me. I had no aspirations to go to HR. I didn't really value much the HR field, to be transparent with you. And then when I was forced to be an HR guy, I really think a lot about it and what if I got to be an HR guy, what should be my purpose? And I came quite quickly to the conclusion that for me, being an HR person, you aim for making the difference for you, for the people. This is what I came for. Yes. And this is what I'm striving for in each and every position I'm having now into the HR field and what I'm striving for or encouraging my people and my teammates to strive for. And I believe this is ultimately very appealing and very exciting because you you discover an entire world with people aspirations and you need to stick to them it's not about you it's about themselves now at um, bayer you're global head of human resources for bayer crop science uh, so you're you have really shown an aptitude in that field i assume or you would not be staying in that field you love yes. it no, you're you're right. I mean, over the time, I developed a passion for people. Good. I would say, making the difference of the people, it's what makes me so exciting each and every day, because each and everybody is different. And as I said, part of my work is really to listen to the people and to help them going through their own personal development journey. Mm. And I'm super grateful to have to be into this position and working for Bayer, which is a great company with a great purpose that is. Health for all and, and hunger for none. I will say. Let's say that again. I, health say, for all, hunger for none. Oh, health for all and hunger for none. That's beautiful. And this is a beautiful purpose. And I'm a purpose-driven guy. And I'm working for a subdivision where uh, I'm working for vegetable seeds and environmental science. And we have also very strong purpose in environmental science. For instance, this is fostering healthy environment where we all live, work, and play. And when it comes to vegetable seeds, it's enhancing the health nutrition and also providing uh, sustainable, um, sustainable food for the for the whole world. Oh, and that couldn't be more critical at this time with so many people living 
with hunger and, exactly. and uh, that's an amazing uh, path to be on yeah we are so grateful i'm so grateful to work for this company because i believe we are reworking in we are working for the for the goodness of the world and we are making the difference for the society beautiful that it's wonderful to work in a purpose-driven uh corporation where you know your intention is to make a difference and yeah, definitely agree I, I similarly have that experience working for nearly 30 years at the international institute for learning and uh, we're always about making that difference with people making their lives uh, more productive faster easier uh, impacting the greatest number of people possible so uh, I relate to that very much. And I, I wanted to just ask you, uh, unless there was something else, was there anything else you wanted to tell us about your background before we... No, I, th I, th no, I think I'm good. I, I believe when, maybe an, an additional comment on the purpose, I believe when you embark an organization around the purpose, you trigger a significant level of positive emotions. Uh. And, and people, you, you activate your people by, by the emotions. And then they start activating their brain. I believe triggering positive emotions and triggering this momentum into an organization is so rewarding. When you see your people having their eyes brightening and really their passion activated by this purpose, it, it gives an extra force in them because of an extra motivation. And they go the extra mile without even noticing it. And they have fun along the way. And they are really so convinced that they are making the difference for the society, that it's a really a pleasure to help them along their personal development journey. Well, you know, that's what that's beautifully stated. And um, I really relate to that because that's what we come to work for each day, you know, to make a difference, I believe. And, um, you know, the way you're accessing people's emotions you know, that's what grateful leadership is all about, making yeah. people know that they're appreciated and valued. And you seem to get that and to resonate with the grateful leadership work from the first moment I walked in the door at Volvo. Yeah. What, what was it that uh, drew you to it where you said, OK, let's do this and let's do it again and again and again and again? I would say, if you remember, uh, the first time you came over to Hagerstown, and it was in a manufacturing location, and mm -hmm. uh, our people were not so much wired uh, with, with, or may maybe not so much connected with their own emotions. I think right. this, this is a quite male-dominated world, the plant manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Those people are... I would say big guys with big egos and really, <laughs> really uh, aspiring to keep the line working on and running on. And uh, when we were lying down this uh, new concept around increasing our competencies, engaging people into a people development journey, most of the most of the people were suspicious. <laughs> that way and then I thought, yes and then i thought we need to start differently and we need to be provocative and the first element of our 
people development journey was your training around grateful oh. leadership. At the time, it was the power of acknowledgement. I didn't know that. Oh, that's such an honor. Thank and, you. Uh, and and we made and I made a bet because I really trust a lot into this power of acknowledgement. I believe you can get the best out of your people when you acknowledge them mm. properly. And I think the how becomes instrumental. And when yes. people understand that they can make the difference and they catch, they can really influence the their working environment and also the they can make an influence on their peers or on their colleagues. It, it transfer and it drives a total new dynamic and total new positive dynamic into the plant. And I remember into this moment, into this training, it was an eight hours training. And if you remember yes. people, they were, the first crew was not really happy to be there. They were all, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> arm crossed and, and awaiting the day to go. Yes. And the first 20 minutes, I, if you remember, I was on the back of the of the of the room standing and I was thinking, wow, it doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. So let's see. And after. And I don't know, they, there was this uh, moment, a tipping moment, because there was a before and after this moment and mm -hmm. someone stand up or stood up and said, oh. I need to acknowledge someone into this facility. And then I remember you were surprised and maybe you can comment on, on your reaction. Oh, it was amazing because first of all, he was frantically waving his hand, you know, at me, like call on me, call on me. Cause I was talking about the power of acknowledgement and what it was. And it was in the early stages. And I said, yes, Tom, what, what, what is it? And he said, I have thanked our receptionist of 50 years out there. She's right outside. I've thanked her and told her what she did a good job, but I now realize I never acknowledged her and I have to do that right now. And she literally had been there. It was going on her 50th anniversary and everybody in the room, do you remember that? They all wanted to go out and acknowledge yeah, Jeanette. I <laughs> and I said, Tom, you'll be the emissary. You will go and acknowledge on behalf of everybody. And then they can all go later if they want. And so he did and he left and he came back about 10 minutes later and he was in tears. He said, Yay. I had no idea that she had no idea how valued and appreciated she is. She was so shocked. She was ready to retire and didn't know that her career at Volvo had made a difference. Yeah, definitely. And when I'm saying that there is a before and after, I think before this tipping moment, I believe our people were thinking with their brain and they were thinking with their brain that they were about to lose a full day of production. <laughs> yes. And after, they were not thinking anymore with their brain. They opened, opened up their hearts Yes, they were thinking differently and they were wired differently and they were fully engaged into the training. And if you remember, nobody wanted to get out of the room after the eight hours. Yes. Yes. And, th and then we started uh, assigning the book, The Power of Acknowledgement, before people came to these day long sessions. Yeah. And, and then we the, the, the after 
began the moment they walked in the door. They were ready if they had done their homework. So it, it is so easy to, I mean, I love that description of the before and the after because I always think of, I know that the power of acknowledgement and grateful leadership are behavioral change models and change in the most dramatic ways. Like, you know, Tom who came in and was not happy to be there and then suddenly he got it. It was a moment of transformation where he said, this is, I, I, I there's such a cost to not acknowledging someone. I got to do it right now. And I, I, no. I, that's, that, that's a, a rather common occurrence. People get it so dramatically that they have to get out of their seats and leave. They actually must go right then and there, which yes. I find fascinating. This is fascinating. I can also give you an example. It recently happened into our uh, organization in Bayer. One of my leader uh, is, is one of my peer. He organized what he called a thankfulness meeting. Oh. And I believe this is really along the lines of grateful leadership. This is why I'm sharing it. Yeah. And and uh, then it triggered my interest, and I said, oh, "Okay, what is it about?" And he told me, "Oh, this is very simple. We were in a we were in a meeting, and I thought that during this meeting, the tone of the meeting was not so good. It was more in a negative spiral, you know, where people were complaining, whining around, blah blah blah." Mm -hmm. And he said, "Okay." I, I told the guy, "Time break, time out." So now let's move on to a thankfulness discussion. And he basically asked each and every member of his, of his leadership team to thank one person of the team in front oh. of everybody. And it was for a, a remote scenario, so it was not really in live. And he told me that we went, they went through a 30 minutes thankful discussion and acknowledgement feedbacks. And it was, you You should have seen how, this is what he told me, you should have seen how the, the overall tone and the overall dynamic oh. of the team has changed from that oh. day. And I oh. believe there is also here again, before and after. Yes, yes. Well, I, I'm going to borrow that term and give you full credit for it whenever I use it, because it, it's so crystal clear and that that is the power of this work. It uh, is. And it's, a, it's such a joy to be able to do it. And then, uh, you know, uh, a few uh, sessions into the ones I led at Volvo, uh, I don't know if you were there that day, but um, Michelle Millet was in the class. She decided yeah. she'd heard about this for, uh, you know, all of the sessions. People came away very highly enthused about it. And she said, I'm going to sit through the whole thing this time. And I think we did a two-day course then, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a two-day course. And at the end of the course, she came up to me and she said, Judy, I'm certified to teach Stephen R. Covey and I, uh, Ken Blanchard and all the others. I need to be certified to teach Grateful Leadership at Volvo. And I said, that's a wonderful idea, Michelle, but we don't have a certification program for grateful leadership. And to be honest with you, Xavier, I thought I was the only one who could teach it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
you know, because it's my passion, it's my purpose, it's my mission. Yeah. So I never dreamed of of teaching anyone else how to do it. And, and she looked me right in the eye when I said, we don't have such a program. And she said, well, then get one. Yeah. <laughs> it was like an order. And, you know, I hemmed and I hawed. And I mentioned it to um, our wonderful account manager, Chris Gregg. And he said, Judy, you need to create this certification program. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm sure one day I'll do it. <laughs> and Michelle went back to uh, Chris Gregg time after time. And finally, they, you know, it was such a powerful request that I had to create a certification program. So Michelle was the very first uh, Grateful Leadership Certified Professional. And uh, she trained many, many times at Volvo, hundreds of uh, employees, at least hundreds, I don't know if it was thousands. And it was her joy. She said, this is, you know, my sunshine, my, uh, you know, what gives meaning to my life. And she just wanted to go to Sweden and, uh, you know, all over the world to teach it. And yeah. she was uh, stuck in the States, but happily so. She just wanted to expand it. And that was that did not happen. So maybe maybe one day, <laughs> maybe, maybe that, it'll she, spread. She kept the faith. She kept yeah, the faith. yeah. So, uh, how did you feel being able to bring grateful leadership into t training into your own house, so to speak? With oh, Michelle. You, you, yeah. What, what what do you mean? I'm not sure I understand what you. Okay. Michelle Mallette, who was then Michelle yeah. Matson, was an official certified Grateful Leadership instructor. And she, yeah. um, you know, we were in touch frequently, but I didn't have to go there. You didn't have to spend all the dollars to bring me in anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was really a win-win. And I, I oh, loved it. And how did you feel having this in-house as a, an offering, as an initiative? Oh, I felt I felt very good. I, I really supported the journey of Michelle. First of all, I was the one hiring her after oh. quite some years of uh, uh, she was working from home uh, with the family, and she was uh, and she came to me as an intern at first. And oh she, wow! I, I, I remember like during my I remember during my interview with her that she was not sure that she could really come back to the professional environment, and I. And you know what? Uh, through this power of acknowledgement, I used uh, <laughs> I used I, I used this one to really re to get her regaining confidence. Oh. And uh, and I think you came to our facility at the right time for her, and she. I think she discovered her path. She discovered yes. her path, and uh, and she became internally the best ambassador of the grateful leadership. And oh, she turned yeah. around so many people and so many organizations that make this uh, whole organization much more much more performing at first and also much more emotionally connected. Yes, and uh, it was her joy. I mean, every time she would have a, a, a session scheduled, she would just call me or text me and say, I got one coming up in Hagerstown or Harrisburg or wherever it was. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just a joy. And I have to tell you, it was so funny because part of the 
new Grateful Leadership Certification process I created with a team at IIL was for me to sit in on the first session that the trainer candidate led. And so I sat in the back of the room and watched Michelle lead this course that, you know, I thought only I could teach. And I was like shocked by her, delightfully shocked by her mastery of the material. But I wasn't sure that I saw at the time the passion I felt. I mean, she she was extremely positive, extremely enthusiastic, but, you know, I had a, a high passion standard. And then we we part of the process was to look at all the evaluations. And practically every person in that class said, I loved your passion, Michelle. Yeah. And they got it, whereas I was a little, you know, cloudy eyed because, uh, you know, I'm so used to doing it myself. Uh, but then I realized she had her passion in, expressed in a different way than mine. But it, people got it as passion and purpose and connection. Very, very true. Very true what you said. And I, and I said, and I think that uh, the passion drives energy. Yes. And uh, people got energy while they are passionate. Definitely. They, 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 you barely meet people who said, we told you, oh, I'm so tired when they are passionate. No, they, they can't they, be. They rejuvenate each and every day, driven by the purpose and their passion. Yes, absolutely. So, so maybe, Xavier, um, you should be certified as a grateful leadership professional. <laughs> anyway, that's an offline discussion. But Yeah, thank you, you thank you. You have the passion, that's for sure. There's no question about it. But I did want to um, just read a little section from the Grateful Leadership book in which I profiled you at when yeah. you were at Volvo, Global Director of People Development at Volvo. And um, you said, at Volvo's Hagertown, Maryland facility, I experience a feeling of real gratitude every single day. And I spread it around by spending as much time as I can with my people. I feel that it is my job to empower them, engage them, and raise their self-confidence. And I do this through acknowledgement. And this is this is what I love because your definition is so broad and it's wonderful. Uh, this can mean anything from a smile to involving them in the decision-making process, to providing coaching and support, or just simply and truly listening to them. Dedicated active listening is one of the truest forms of acknowledgement because it expresses so much in a simple act. It is as if you were telling the speaker, you matter. I love that. That is amazing. Thank you. And uh, I, I assume that's something you do at Bayer as well? Yeah, very true. I would, I would say that uh, in Eggerstone, I really discovered the power of active listening. And when, when I'm saying active listening, it's very much trying to put myself in the shoes of, of the others. And you know, as a human being, we are first and foremost wired to answer questions. And, yes. And what I'm trying to get away is really to provide immediate answers to the people because I believe when my teammates or people got to me and if they have some questions, most of the time they have their own answers or their own perspectives. Mm -hmm. 
and I avoid answering right away. I really try to coach them and actively question them to first understand where they are coming from. And ultimately, that might change my perspective and that also strengthen my, uh, I would say, the, vi the vision I have on the, on, on the given situation. And, by, and I really place myself as an helper. I try to help them going through their own perspective and going through their own solutions. And why am I doing that? I'm really convinced that it's much more challenging to convince people with your ideas than to convince them with their own ideas. Oh, beautiful. Oh, that's another quotable quote. And, and I must say that it's a, it has been a journey for me because, you know, uh, with my passion, my engagement and my commitment, I had, at, in my younger age, I had this energy to try to convince the entire world about my ideas. Mm -hmm. And... And I, be, I believe I became much more open while traveling around. I've been living in different countries. I said Sweden, now in the U.S. This is the second time in the U.S. I've been living in, in Belgium. I've been living in Germany as well. And I, be, I believe those experiences, they helped me to, to be much more open. And, you know, when you start actively listening to your people, you, you better understand them and you empower them because they realize that, you are not the expert. They are the expert and you are uh, here to help them. That's it. I love that. And um, I want to, uh, I mean, we could go on talking for hours and hours, but uh, I'm not sure what the uh, average podcast a listener's attention span is. So <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I would like to you to tell one more story that I just love. I put it in the book also. And that was a very unusual form of acknowledgement, uh, which had the element of trust. And uh, you know which story I'm referring to with the uh, PMP exam. That was just uh, such an amazing story. So what can I ask you to tell it? Yeah, sure. Sure. Thank you. In the early stage of our people development journey in Hagerstown, we were in a need to have some quick wins because we, want, we wanted to get people feeling that things are changing and this is realistic. It's not about a dream. And I engaged the project management community on site and I believe they were a group of 20 into this PMP certification. And while working with you guys, I realized that it was a kind of a long journey because in average, people are used to go through the certification in a nine months to 12 months period. Yes. Because it's very demanding. They have to prepare themselves. And unfortunately, it didn't match my aspiration in terms of time, timing because a quick win has to be much quicker. So <laughs> then I started to really dig into what could be... Uh, what is needed to achieve such certification and how we can create an environment, a favorable one, where people could go quicker and we can accelerate their journey. And I started to partner with the leadership teams and telling them, I'm convinced that we have a great path in front of us and this is a game changer for our PM community. And I'd like our community to go through this certification in three months. 
<laughs> and the leadership team, of course, was super, super positive, and they were probably overlooking a bit the implied efforts that was induced. And I told the leadership team, be careful, because if we want our people to go through it in three months, it also means that you need to support them and create the environment that will allow this space. And we got the full buy-in, and I got the full buy-in from the leadership team. That was the first element of the journey. Then afterwards, I came to the PM community and I really embarked them along the journey. I explained them all the advantages to be PMP certified and so on and so forth. And they were all convinced, of course. And then along my discussion, I also told them, you know, as I'm really a challenging guy, I like the competition aspect. I would like us to show the entire world of the PM community in Volvo that we are able to do it in three months. And I really place it as a competition, like, ah. you know, activating the guts of the people with their winning attitude. And at first, I must say they freaked out. <laughs> freaked out, yes. And, <laughs> and, and you know, through, through the questioning, I realized that they were not freaking out due to the very aggressive timeline. Most of them, they were wondering what will happen if they failed. Ah. And for, for me, it was a no-brainer. If they fail, you got to learn from that and you redo it. And that's it. Right. And, and their fears were different because they were not afraid to not have the possibility to redo it. They were afraid that the company will lose their failure as a way to let them go. And then I told them, oh, no, no, this is not our intent at all. Our intent is to get you all certified and elevate our competencies to a top-notch level. This is it. And once, once we got rid of, rid of this fear of potentially let me go because I will be failing, mm -hmm. everybody was engaging so actively into the journey that it was remarkable. Down the road, I must say that 95% of the group got uh, got certified in the three months time frame, and the one or two remaining, they redid, they redo the certification a few weeks after, and they also got certified. This is not an incredible accomplishment. Incredible, and you should have seen the pride of the people afterwards. And I think they also gave me some heartful acknowledgement feedbacks that Aww. made me very speechless. <laughs> and that's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Oh, that that's amazing. And uh, you know what that really comes down to? I They accepted it ultimately as your trust in them. You knew they could do it. Yeah. Even if they didn't know they could do it. Okay. And do you think trust is a critical part of grateful leadership? Oh, the trust is the number one element of grateful leadership. I believe oh. the more you trust people, the more you are able to connect emotionally with the people. And at the end of the day, it's up to you to decide how much you want to open up to someone. I'm always advising people to open themselves as much as they can. At the end of the day, this is their choice. 
And depending on their choices, they will figure out that there are plenty of opportunities in front of her, in front of them. That's an amazing story. And, you know, I know there are about 16 others we could go into. Uh, but Xavier, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you as a guest on this podcast. And I want to say today is a very special day. You may not know of this, but it is day 19, day number 19 of our uh, recently formalized international holiday called hashtag 365 days of acknowledgement. Oh. <laughs> I, I just created this because I was tired of Thanksgiving being only one day. I said, we've got to have it every day. So this is day number 19, and I am delighted to spend it with you, who is a master, an absolute master of acknowledgement and appreciation and gratitude. And uh, so anything you want to say in closing? Yeah, maybe I would encourage each of us to have um, a safe Christmas break, recharge the battery, really enjoy the time into the family. This is the most important time nowadays into this very challenging environment that we are all living in. Yes. Uh, I will really advise you to to step back and enjoy the, fa the family time as much as possible. That's a beautiful way to close. And I think you took... Uh, the message of that grateful leader in Sweden to heart uh, about family being number one. And I, I think I'm going to, when we can travel again, I think I'm going to go live in Sweden. <laughs> I, I, I want a stress-free country to live in, but uh, I guess, you know, we bring our own stress with us. Anyway, Xavier, I know that uh, we're having you as a guest on our upcoming Leadership and Innovation Conference. And you'll be speaking, uh, among other things, about authentic leadership and also how it ties in with grateful leadership. So that's very exciting. And uh, that launches in March. People will be getting word about that. And uh, I uh, think we're going to be doing um, an article based on this wonderful podcast. So thank you again, Xavier. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, so uh, to our listeners, if you want to join the Center for Grateful Leadership and get regular notices about uh, webinars and podcasts and all kinds of wonderful goodies, please join. It's free and it's uh, www.gratefulleadership.com and please access and follow us on Hashtag 365 Days of Acknowledgement. Every day is a special day when it's a day of acknowledgement. And I look forward to having you at the next podcast. I'm Judy Umless. <laughs>